an ambassador for the Leukemia Foundation. Now, she is on the line now. Good morning, Bryony. Hi, Ali. Thanks so much for having me. No worries at all. Now, Bryony, you have, first of all, let's say that you've written a book about um, your own experience with blood cancer. It's Blood Cancer Awareness Day, World Blood Cancer Day on Sunday. So we're raising awareness. Can you tell us a little bit kind of what happened in your situation? You were diagnosed with stage 4 lymphoma. At what age were you? Yeah, I was actually 31 and so life was going really well. I had a really busy, busy life and media career, but I just felt awful all the time. And over a period of about 18 months, I was feeling rotten. I was just achy all the time. I'd get sick very easily. Uh, But, you know, I could sort of function quite well otherwise. And so I kept getting told by doctors I was fine and that I was probably just stressed and needed to rest more. But it turns out that wasn't the case. I actually had a blood cancer. Gosh, so how did it go from doctors saying to you, you know, you just need to take it easy, you need to, to rest a little, to actually getting that, that diagnosis? What was, what was the process involved? Yeah, well, I must say the magic ingredient was my very persistent mother <laughs> who was on my case saying, this is not normal, these symptoms are not normal, you're not yourself. Um, yeah, pairing that with my dad who's a vet, they actually diagnosed me um, <laughs> and insisted that I went and saw a haematologist, which is a blood specialist, mm. and she took a closer look, took some tests, said, you know, come back in two weeks, and I thought nothing of it. But unfortunately, when I went back to get those results, she said, yeah, like it, it is actually Hodgkin's lymphoma like your parents were worried about. So, you know, I was very fortunate to have persistent parents on my case, but it shows how important it is to really be such an advocate for your own body and be really across your symptoms and signs and not take no for an answer. Oh, goodness. This makes my heart kind of race because I, I know looking at the stats, and I didn't know these before, but leukemia and blood cancer touched my life as well. My my ex-husband, the, the father of my, my two children, was diagnosed, and he had a very similar experience to you, was very run down, very just not feeling himself, but he put it down as well to, to being too busy, to being you know out all the time and not looking after himself. Oh, goodness. And unfortunately, so he, was, he was diagnosed the same way. His mum is, is a nurse and, and said, please go and get yourself checked out unfortunately we, we lost him him last year after after he battled very hard for four years but he's one and Goodness. along with you of 53 people every day who are diagnosed now i had no idea it was as many as that yeah it's quite shocking isn't it and, and firstly alex i just wanted to say i'm so sorry that um you know you've also been touched by blood cancer and i'm so sorry to hear that really tragic story um i think it is a, a thing of awareness isn't it you know as you said, 53 Australians every day are diagnosed with a blood cancer. And unfortunately, there is no screening you can do, unlike other cancers. So it's just really important that Australians are aware of the signs and symptoms, um, you know, which is it can sort of mask as a bit of a flu or COVID. Um, so people just think, oh, I've just got a cold or something. But I think, you know, I say to everyone now, you're the only person that knows your body. Mm. You're the only person that lives inside it. If something feels off, even if medical experts are telling you you're fine, you've just got to keep digging. And and if I could go back in time, I wish I'd sort of had the confidence to say, this is having a really big impact on my life. I really need another solution here. What can I do next? If this was you, what would you do? You know, and just being, you can still be kind, but being really firm and mm. insistent that you get another referral to someone. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Bryony. I think it is one of those things where people don't, 
if people don't talk about it, if you don't stand up and say what happened to you, then people don't know. And we all hear these stories and go, oh, that won't happen to me. But it, but it does happen. And uh, I think one of, the, one of the scary stats is that seven in 10 Australians are still aren't confident about recognising the main symptoms. And as you say, there's no screening for this. So if you're going to the doctor today and you're like, oh, I've been feeling a bit rotten, but I don't want to waste their time. You know, what, what do you say to people who are a little bit more wary of, of, of going and, uh, and doing that push? Because we all, like you said, we all do need to be our own advocates. Totally. And I say to everyone now, you know, it doesn't hurt just to be a little bit uh, hypochondriac, you know, just a little touch of it. <laughs> so not overly worrying, but, you know, if you're not feeling well, I say to everyone, keep really good uh, notes and records of your symptoms because, and, and even if you just do it on a note on your phone, you know, keep the date, keep the time that it's happening because when you're really unwell for a long period of time, it does start to really blur into one big mess and you just kind of can't remember when it started, what you've been experiencing. And I'm sure everyone listening has had the experience of going to the doctor and then leaving and thinking, oh, I forgot to mention that thing. Or, you know, so keeping really good records is just so critical. And like I said, just, just pushing and pushing until you have answers. And if that means getting a second, a third opinion. Now, I, I saw three different GPs who all told me I was fine. And so you've just got to keep going and, uh, you know, trust your own intuition on it and be confident to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. And it is money well spent going to the doctor. I had a conversation with my mother yesterday and she said, oh, that my doctor's not bulk billed anymore, so I'm not going to go. And I said, that is no excuse. Here is the money. Go to the doctor if you're not feeling good. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, that's yes. the biggest structural issue that we need to get some yes. support for people on as well. But it's so true. You know, at the end of the day, that I love that expression. They say the healthy person has a million dreams. The sick person has one. You know, our health is our greatest asset uh, and we've got to look after it. Absolutely. Now, we are raising awareness, of course. Now, um, Leukemia Foundation hoping to eradicate preventable deaths due to blood cancer by 2035. Now, that's not that far away. What can people do to help if they're not looking at their own symptoms, but they want to help, you know, because this is such a, such an awful thing that affects so many people? What can they do to help? Yeah, look, I'm, you know, I think checking out the Leukemia Foundation website or on their social media, uh, sharing information about the signs and symptoms really great. But I think, you know, ultimately it's just if we could spread that, that message that I was sharing that if you're feeling off and icky, you know, there's, there's often a reason for these things and it's got to be investigated. And hopefully in nine out of ten cases, it's nothing sinister. But on the chance that it is something nastier, you know, we're all about getting those early detections and early diagnoses for people so that outcomes can be better. Because as you said, um, you know, sadly, there are a lot of lives lost to blood cancer every day and a lot of them are preventable and that's what we're trying to get rid of. We don't want any Australians dying of preventable, um, you know, cancers. Absolutely, yeah, we do have to, to speak up and you do have to, to look after yourself and, you know, if you are feeling sick, please do go to the doctor because there are, you know, as, as touched my life, some awful, awful results from, from, from not picking this up quickly. But you, Bryony, where are you now? Now, you had that awful diagnosis. What, what, what's going on with you now and where's, and where's your health at? Yeah, Alex, well, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be five years in remission um, at the start of this year and haven't shared it publicly yet, but it's actually also coincided with me falling pregnant, naturally. So it's been a really amazing um, year and just, you know, the ultimate sign that my body's like, we're healed, we're back on track and 
start a new chapter, which is just wonderful. Oh, my goodness, Bryony. I said I wasn't going to cry this morning, but that is absolutely beautiful <laughs> news. Oh, my gosh. Yep, Tears. Congratulations. Thank oh, you so much for choosing you. us to share that news with. And that is just the most wonderful news. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing for you after going through something so devastating to have a, a wonderful rainbow and a light at the end there. Oh, congratulations. When are you due? Thank you, Alex. I feel, yeah, incredibly grateful. Um, later on in this year, so oh. in October. Wonderful. So, yeah. oh, fantastic summer, baby. Okay, we'll be back in touch to hear all about that and we will be thinking of you on your journey, the next the next challenge in your life, um, which is just the most rewarding thing in the world. Brian, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. It's just the most wonderful news. Thank you, Alex, and thanks for sharing your story with me as well. And once again, I'm so sorry and thanks for all you're doing to raise awareness. Thanks, Brian. Speak soon. Speak soon. Bryony there, thank you so much for joining us. I am going to dry my eyes and we're going to have some more music straight after this. 101 FM. Fred Hollow's vision.